Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is The College Draft Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Five podcasts now on my network that you can partake in. The Ross Tucker Football Podcast is daily, Monday through Friday, 30 minutes or less. Everything you need to know about the National Football League. That's it. Every day from a former player's perspective. Fantasy Feast Podcast twice a week with the number one ranked fantasy analyst, Joe Dolan, to get you ready for your season-long lineups or your DFS lineups. The Even Money Podcast, critically acclaimed. Google Best NFL Betting Podcast, and I can virtually guarantee that the Even Money Podcast will pop up. And then, of course, Andrew Brandt's Business of Sports Podcast. And this podcast, the College Draft Podcast, which I like to sell as three-in-one. It's a college football podcast where we're talking about the biggest games. This week, it's week five in college football. We also are talking about the best prospects in the biggest games. And we also make our picks against the spread. And by we, I mean he, Emery Hunt, the superstar. You see him all over everywhere, CBS Sports HQ. He's at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. And the key right now, before you forget, is to go to footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. To lock that in so that you get it whenever Emery produces it. He is teased. It might be a little bit earlier this year, which is exciting. So footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social. We are at Ross Tucker pod. And Emery, you know how I like to start the show. I like to start the show by talking about the NFL day that was. And if there are any scouting lessons that sort of jumped out to you. I guess one for me, probably similar to what we talked about last week, to be honest with you, is just the continued improvement of Trevor Lawrence. Last week we talked about, I think, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. This week was notable to me was Trevor Lawrence and just preaching patience because I know there are people, certainly in Chicago with Justin Fields, I'm guessing it'll be the case with Zach Wilson when he comes back 
to New York. There are people that just don't really want to have patience with any position, but especially that one. Yeah, I, I don't understand. First of all, I, what happened to his daddy so the time? I think we got to do the whole show all over again. You, you said let's eat, and they threw me off. You know what I'm saying? So Did I say let's eat? You said let's eat, Ross. We got to do the whole show over again. Oh, but, my gosh. <laughs> it's, oh, it's my God. I, so, so just, I mean, th- what were they saying? Somebody has a little case of the Mondays? <laughs> <laughs> At 6.45 a.m., man, I just watched the worst football game I've ever seen last night. Thank goodness for Dan Orlovsky. Although, let me just say this real quick about Dan Orlovsky, okay? I love Dan. Dan will be the first one to tell you. I gave him a lot of advice getting in the media. There's a difference between Jimmy stepping on the back of the end zone, like with his heel as he's dropping back, and Dan Orlovsky running (laughs) along the back of the end zone like it's recess and that's the no touch zone. Okay, there is a difference. Please. <laughs> anyway, I sorry. like he, ahead, he was playing in the CFL. Um, but it, it's funny with, with patience, man. I, I really don't get why people feel the need to to have the answers right away. Right when you think about all you see on, you know, Twitter all throughout the draft season. I like this player number one. I like that player number one. This player right here is my number one at the position. And then all you see in the preseason, player A makes one play. I told you, I don't see why no one ever thought he couldn't be number one or no one could be number one. This is why I had him as my number one. And then you get into the regular season and player A has a bad game. Oh, man, I'm worried about player A. I, You know, this is why... Yeah, there were some legitimate concerns about X, Y, Z. It's like, man, you spent all draft season saying it takes three years to really fully grade a draft. It takes three years to really know what you have. But, no, it takes three minutes for you guys to make up your mind on a player uh, out there, knowing there are certain circumstances that we've seen. And it's not like this is the first year of the NFL where we've seen a guy struggle and we don't know that he could turn it around. We've seen this since Ben, you know what I'm saying? Like it, since it, since 1920, player A struggles, and for the most part, player A can turn it around in year two or year three, whatever the case may be. I mean, hell, you just saw, and it's not a one to one, but you just saw a person last year in Matt Stafford. You know, some people are were ready to throw away the previous 13 years of his career because he won the Super Bowl. Um, saying, well, see, look, he, you know, if you just have patience, he could turn it around. Okay, cool. But now when you talk about these younger players, it's all about, oh, they can't do it right now. They can't do it. They got to find somebody else, you know, and it's, it's, it's weird to see people want patience in their, in their regular life about everything and don't afford that same luxury to these guys out there knowing that things are different and we forget how young some of these dudes are that are getting drafted. We're seeing redshirt sophomores get drafted. We're seeing juniors get drafted. And it's, and you know, a lot of times these guys are getting younger and younger. So, you know, for, let's say for someone like a, I remember, remember um, he was like the rare case, uh, a Mobia Koye. He was like yes. 19 when he got drafted. Uh, hell, Tremaine Edmonds more recently was like 19 years old when he got drafted. So, some of these dudes are still developing physically, mentally in terms of football, but you got to look at, uh, you know, 
let's give these guys a little bit more patience. I'm talking more specifically about Justin, you know, Fields, and they were already about to write him off. But, you know, I, I guess he can't struggle, even though you knew he was going to struggle kind of coming into the season because of what's around him. But he does have to play better. But let him play better. You could clearly see there's physical talent there. Um, things just have to sync up with him in terms of, you know, the game slowing down and making better decisions with the ball. But it's not like he lacks arm talent or the ability to run. Like, you know, that's still there. So just give him patience. Just like we saw with Trevor Lawrence. We knew all of those things were there last year. And now it's we're starting to see that under Doug Peterson. Uh, so, yeah, just give these guys a little bit of patience, man. I think that's my biggest scouting takeaway as well because, yes, guys can play. We know that it's about playing in the NFL, and I think you have a great perspective because you did it uh, at the NFL level. I have so much respect for those guys at the NFL level covering the, the league and being at these training camp and you know uh, mini camp practices and seeing up close what NFL athleticism, reaction time, and instincts look like to say, like, hey, man, it's going to take a little bit for someone to get up to speed because of how fast guys close on the ball, how fast guys react, how fast guys recover from being beaten. So it's like it's com- it's a completely different game than college. No doubt. Let's get to some of these college games, though, because that's what we do. Let's start with Washington at UCLA. And Washington is is laying two and a half on the road. Let's talk about their quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. Yeah, it's it's funny because again, this dude was he, he, it's this is a common theme on this show, Ross. This dude was at Indiana for at least six years, two of which he lost completely to injury. So you got a redshirt year thrown in there, you got maybe a medical redshirt, you got a COVID year. Why is he listed as a junior on Washington's website? I thought this dude was like a super senior, had one year left. But no, he ha- apparently he has two. So I don't know what's his classification. I know the, the guy's probably like 24 years old. But what I will say about him, and um, I'm glad you're seeing it this year, because when he was at Indiana, I felt like everything was a fastball coming out of his his arm. You know, when when it, whenever he throws, no matter where the route was on the field, it was Nolan Ryan s Oral Hershiser esque. You know, uh, that ball was Fernando Venezuela esque. I can go all day with these eighties pitchers. Like it was coming <laughs> out fast in in flat line, right? Um, but you watch him now at Washington, and he's developed some touch. And I'm like, wow, he's throwing with anticipation, throwing with some touch. Um, there's still a little bit of, you know, that fastball flat line within his game. Um, I just think he has uh, some weird mechanics, kind of like how Tua, when he throws the ball because it's left-handed, it it almost looks like he shouldn't be throwing left. It's almost like he's right-handed trying to throw left-handed, how weird the mechanics is. It's a little tight, uh, which probably causes him to flat line a lot of passes, but you like that he's starting to add change-ups to his his throwing motion and or to to his passes to where you're seeing these seven routes or these eight routes where they're going, you know, just over the, the outstretched arms of the receiver. They're coming out on time to where the receiver can run himself uh, open and create separation. So I like that about him. And, you know, for him, I think the biggest key is just staying healthy out there on the field. Play a full season, 
whether this is your junior year, if you play a full season, get out while the you know while the iron's high. You're undefeated. You got a big game this week. But him adding touch to his passes to me has been the biggest development within this game. What about the linebacker for UCLA, Darius Muasau? I like his ability to play within the tackle to tackle box. I, I like him as an inside backer. I see him as someone, um, you know, that that plays today's game. I know he's solid in coverage. He's, you know, he's a, he's a bulkier guy, transferred in from Hawaii, um, but he's able to sift through the trash rather well, still get low, and then explode into the ball carrier. So, you know, for me, him playing a, a tackle to tackle game, I don't know how much value. You see that in today's NFL game in terms of projecting him forward. But there's always a, a role for someone like that uh, to play that style in, you know, in certain defenses. You know, whether you want to put him as an inside linebacker in a 3-4 or make him transition to a sandbacker and have him play a long line of scrimmage a little bit. Um, but I think as a as an inside backer, I like how he's able to sift, you know, get off block blocks and then, you know, stuff the run. And, and also he plays capable in pass coverage, uh, but I like him more so as a run defender. What are you doing with the spread, Emory? Washington's laying two and a half. Man, this is a, this is a top 25 game. It's battle of unbeatens, right? And look at the Pac-12. Two unbeaten teams. You know what I'm saying? They, they have some, some fight in Oregon. Washington State is pesky. Like, this is a big game for the Pac-12. Uh, so I'm going to lay the points here. Uh, with Washington, I think the biggest story this year, too, is how much better they are defensively. Um, and I think their defense can take advantage of UCLA, who, depending on what time the game starts or what time they feel like getting up out of bed, you know, philosophically and, and getting into a groove, if they get up to a slow start against Washington, it could be over. So I, I think because Washington's defense is much better this year, they take advantage of UCLA early in the game and, and are able to keep the pace. So I'm going to lay those points with Washington. Got it. Uh, let's get to a Big Ten matchup. Michigan at Iowa. Michigan had some trouble with Maryland. They're laying 10.5 on the road at Iowa. Michigan always has some good defensive linemen. That nose tackle's a monster. You want to talk about their edge, Taylor Upshaw. Yeah, because they have him playing up now with his hand off the ground and you know, as a stand-up edge rusher in their 3-4 defense. But I like how, because of his length, he's able to set a physical edge and, and really kind of read things out, get off a block and make a play. You want to see him be a little bit more aggressive in terms of you know getting off that block and, and being more assertive um, in terms of getting to the quarterback. And I feel like he's going to be, because he's on the senior bowl watch list, so I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that, we see play throughout the season and, and say, okay, he's kind of solid, you know, good player, could be a good rotational piece, but then he's going to get down to Mobile and then he's going to be unleashed. He's going to be one of those guys, kind of like how we saw it last year from Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. And we're like, man, this dude is tearing up one-on-one. So he's tearing up senior bowl practice. So I, I'm excited to see him because I do feel like there's some hidden production that's deep down there that is probably won't get seen at Michigan because of how they're playing him. Uh, but I like the length. I like the the core strength. He's not going to get you know pushed off the ball. Uh, but you want to see him be a little bit more twitchy, so to speak. And I think we're going to have to wait to see that uh, 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 within this game. Uh, Riley Moss, I know from Iowa, the corner is a favorite of yours. He got hurt last year. What do you think of Riley as a prospect? Love him, man. Uh, athlete, you know, can turn and run with anybody. Has great ball skills. Um, 
all those things that I like at the position I want in, in my corner. Uh, so, you know, for, for me, I know it's, um, it's another one of these positions that's sight unseen, you know, Oh, Iowa defensive back. I'm all in. And, and Moss to me, because of his ability to play, you know, off or, you know, man coverage, I want him because he's versatile. He's explosive. He has the great ball skills. Um, and it's going to be fascinating to see him matched up in this game. I hope so against the top tier Michigan receiver that's out there as well. Michigan's laying 10 and a half. That's a big number, Emory. But you're talking about Iowa's offense, you know, so they could win this game 11 nothing. And, you know, if we're talking about Iowa, I know Iowa had a breakthrough, you know, last weekend with their points, but, you know, Michigan's good on defense and Michigan's offense is really good. I don't think Iowa threatens Michigan the way a Maryland's offensive scheme threatens Michigan. So I feel comfortable laying these 10 and a half points against the Iowa Hawkeyes. So I'm going to say lay those points with Michigan. Wow. Not me. Uh, that's too many at Iowa. Michigan, I don't feel like always loses that game when they're undefeated. Is, are so. they playing at night or is it a night game? Cause you don't play Iowa at night. Um, I gotta, I gotta look that up. Actually. It might be the big noon game. Oh, so it's, it's a wrap then lay those points with Michigan comfortably. If they're playing at night, then yeah, Iowa win that one going away. Yeah. It's a noon game. Oh, so yeah. Michigan by 20. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get to Texas tech, Kansas state, a couple of teams coming off huge wins. Um, I want everybody to make sure you know, if you go to youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, hit the thumbs up to subscribe and then make any, I want you to reply to any video with the console you want for a free Madden. I'm giving away a free Madden to somebody to a YouTube subscriber and commenter this week. So Emory, you're not eligible. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Just go there and subscribe and then reply to any video with your preferred Madden console. And I'll pick somebody this week. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. All right. Texas Tech took down the Longhorns. Kansas State took down the Sooners. Be curious to see how they both react to those huge wins. Kansas State is at home. They're laying seven. And I know you like this running back, Sir Roderick Thompson from Texas Tech. You talked about him this summer. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him, man. Like he he makes he makes the run game look easy in how he how he runs. And and the tie-in, the whole football aspect of it. He reminds me of this running back that I just watched this past weekend at Bishop McDevitt and uh, Marquise, Marquise Williams. Williams. Yeah, that's going to Minnesota. Like the easiest, you know, five touchdown game I've ever seen. Like the easiest, you know, 65 plus yard touchdown runs I've ever seen. It's the footwork and it's the quickness. And Sir Roderick Thompson has that in spades. And, and again, for him, it's the same thing with Michael Penix. Can he stay healthy for a full season? If he can do that, I feel like he has the upside um, going. He'll have that upside that people like because he has vision. He has the footwork. He has the quickness. He sees it really well. Um, and I think he has a tremendous ability to be a better pro than he is currently as a collegian because of, you know, his ability and how he's going to be utilized. He may end up being an RB2 at the pro level. 
but someone that definitely can see it from front side to back side and has a, the, the footwork to, to coincide with that vision to make him a top-tier runner. I feel like I already know what you're going to say about Adrian Martinez. Coming off the huge win over the Sioux, as a prospect, you're going to say he should go to the XFL or the USFL and get a chance to be in one of those offenses and, and chuck the ball around a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Because, again, think about how the, the conversation was about him as a Nebraska Cornhusker. It's like, yo, maybe he should switch positions. Um, and he's a fantastic athlete with the football in his hands. So that he may end up being a Taysom Hill guy for some NFL teams, um, you know, but I do like how he went to Kansas State, probably is in a perfect offense to to utilize his skill set, being coached by Colin Klein, a guy that was sort of in that same, you know, conversation um, and was able to parlay his outstanding senior season to a trip to New York City for the Heisman Trophy candidacy. So I, I do think him paired up with um, – you know, Deuce Vaughn makes a tremendous offensive attack and which we saw the Sooners have issues with. Now, for him, is about stacking these positive performances and stacking, you know, the ability to play the position like he's playing it now at the professional level. And to your point, yes, it should be in probably in an alternate league because, you know, the NFL, the NFL will, will rather take, um, you know, the the, the guy Will Rogers from Mississippi State didn't take a chance on an athlete and work on developing him and, and Martinez at the pro level. So his best bet is probably to go and showcase that he can continue to play like he's playing now at Kansas State for the San Antonio Brahmas or whatever they're going to name these teams, right? So um, I feel like, though, I like the progression he's making, but can he sustain it? And that's going to be the biggest question because right now he's playing well, but it's not enough to where you're saying you forget everything that he's done at Nebraska. K-State laying seven. What do you think, Emery? Yeah, that's a lot of points. But, I mean, it, and again, it, we, we got the viral clips going around with, uh, you know, the head coach from Texas Tech, like everything goes through Lubbock. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Let's, let's calm down right quick. Um, Kansas State is so fundamentally sound. I think they take care of business. Big number, but I, I feel confident in K-State and how they go about things. They're, they're solid in all three passes, offense, defense, special teams. So I'm laying those points with Kansas State. So the game I'm most excited about out of these four that you have here is NC State at Clemson. Clemson laying seven. Clemson just won that double OT thriller against Wake. For, Wake just can't beat them. They just can't. The last two years were the years, too. I mean, last year and this year, if they were ever going to beat them, Hartman's last two years, you know, Clemson's quarterback play not as good. I mean, these were the two years when Wake could have been able to get it done. Oh, man. Anyway, Clemson's laying seven against NC State. And I feel like Devin Leary is still one of these under-the-radar quarterbacks that's just been crazy productive at NC State. Can't remember what you think of him as a prospect. It's I I, I like him as a, as a prospect. I, I feel like he's someone that can be, um, and and this may sound like a slight, but it's not because I made this point yesterday on CBS HQ. When you think of, I compare. I think he's kind of like Derek Carr, right? But I think when you look at NFL average, Derek Carr 
Ryan Tannehill, uh, Kirk Cousins. I feel like there should be no one worse than, than those guys because I feel like that's what the NFL floor should be at the position. You can win a lot of games with guys like that. And anybody below that to me is is should be a backup, right? Because I feel like those guys kind of set the floor for what you expect the NFL average to be. And I think you could put Leary in that conversation of he can be very productive. He gets the ball out on time, um, does a great job in, in, in throwing on a run. You know, he's very accurate, all of those things, you know. And, yes, the physical ability may not be of the upper echelon guys that we talk about. Like, he may not have the, the cannon arm. He may not have the the ridiculous running ability. He may not have the elite accuracy or placement, but he does just enough to where you can win games and be productive like he has been. In a timing-based offense, I think that's where he can thrive. I think he can be a Kirk Cousins uh, at the NFL level, which is fine. Again, you can win a lot of games and, and be productive offensively with that. So that's why I feel like people are sleeping on him in terms of where they view him. I think he's probably more along the lines of that day early day three, like a fourth round pick, you know, um, or even if a team feels like they can get, you know, uh, some something out of him late day two, third round. So that third or fourth round range for me, uh, for him. So I do like him. And I, I think this is another test because we know how Clemson's defense challenges you from your pocket presence. So you're going to have to be able to, to find windows because they can bring pressure. They cover well on the back end. Those guys be flying around and they can match up uh, with receivers. So how well can you fit the football in tight windows? So this is a, a scout's dream of a matchup for to for a quarterback prospect and judging how how you can project him moving forward. What about Clemson offensive lineman Jordan McFadden? It's rare for you want to talk about no lineman. Yeah, because he's that good. You know how if if I'm talking about an old lineman, somebody I really really like, like Zion Johnson or uh, Lindstrom, the the older brother. You know, if I'm talking about somebody, I'm all in on him. You know, and I'm all in on on McFadden. I think he might be the best uh, offensive lineman in the draft. You know, I think he's phenomenal. You know, he gets a lot of movement up front. Um, he's it's hard to get around him in, in pass pro because he's, he locks on to you and he's able to maintain control in a run game. He's washing guys from, you know, defensive end all the way down to the other defensive end. He'll take a seven technique and wash them down to the nine on the opposite side. That's how dominant he is in a run game. He sees it. Well, he has great timing in terms of um, combo blocks. Like there's an art to combo blocking. Like you can get on a guy and get off of it real quickly and maybe a little bit too soon, but he does he it's the right amount of okay one two boom and he's off to the next uh target and is able to connect accurately there so i like his game completely i'm a big fan of what he does out there and this is another test because i know how good and athletic nc state's defense is so this is another one of these scouts dream to project someone moving forward clemson laying seven what are you doing emory just like week four is man i feel like this is a, a lot of a lot of points um, we saw this going to overtime with, with Wake Forest with Clemson, and they were seven-point favorites, I believe. So because NC State's looking at this game as probably their Super Bowl or BCS championship game or blockbuster bowl, whatever you want to call it, this is the game I think they're going to play their best. Let's take NC State and the points here to keep this one close. 
Love it. Awesome job, Emery, as always. Got some uh, some really good conference games coming up this week. Should be a lot of fun. Emery is laying the points with Washington, laying the points with K-State, laying the points with Michigan, but he's taking the points with NC State. You are right now going to YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL and replying to any video with your console of choice for the free Madden code. It's that easy. Check him out on social media at FBallGamePlan. The key is football game plan on YouTube and footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Love seeing the tweets each week of people that have already signed up for it, making sure that they got it. That's awesome. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social. We are at Ross Tucker pod. I have um, my game is Georgia State at Army Saturday at noon. How about you, Emery? I have Morgan State who's been playing really well under their new head coach, Damon Wilson, came over from Bowie State. They are taking on Virginia Lynchburg. Now, Virginia Lynchburg is a fascinating program because they play all road games. Um, And they're part of the NCCCA, the Christian College Association. So Morgan State should win this game handedly. but, yeah, it's a very interesting program. I've done a game before, and, and this is, again, they came – the last time I did a Morgan State-Virginia-Lynchburg game is they did uh, something I had never seen. They came to the game. The game was at noon. They got to the stadium at 11 o'clock, like, from the bus. Like, they didn't come in the night before. They came in day of – because we was worried. Like, normally we see the team out there two hours before. Nope. 11 to 11.15, the bus pulls up, they get off, they, you know, change, and they, um, you know, get on the field and play ball. And it's funny because the first play of the game, they went deep down the field and they connected for a touchdown, but then they got blown out the rest of the way. So it's always fascinating when you talk about the Dragons. So I'd be interested to see what they do this time around. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and The Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.